There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. It is Friday night. It is time to talk Raiders football. Welcome back, everybody. Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and coming to you also via the interwebs on YouTube or wherever you may be watching us. So if you want to see us, you can do it there, but if you're listening to us on the 50,000-watt boomer that is the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, thanks for being with us. We are Southern California's only all-Raiders talk show. Scott Branson, Mo Moten with you. We're going to get into the Raiders talk real soon here, starting out, but I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're listening to us over the air, that's great. You can listen to it uh, on, of course the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, but you can also listen to us on your favorite podcast feed. So if you can't get to us on a Friday night for some reason, what you can do is subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get it. Uh, You can also play it on your smart device at home, whether it's a Google Home or an Amazon Alexa. Just say the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, and you'll be able to hear us there as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, at SNB Tonight. Uh, as well as Mo, who is at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. And I am at L-V Gully. There we go. You got it all. You can follow us now. You can talk at us, and we'll listen to you, I promise. Uh, On tonight's show, we're going to start out in this first segment. We're going to talk about Josh Jacobs. That's right. He is going now into year four. That means the Raiders have to make a decision on his fifth-year option coming up. Or do they sign him to a longer-term deal? So we're going to talk about that, debate that, the pros and the cons. In the second segment, our, our, our alter ego for my favorite co-host of the world, and that is Mr. Momoton, who joins me now on the video if you're watching and on the air. We bring out, you put on your special headgear, and you become Mostradamus. Right, And so Mostradamus is going to talk about the Raiders wide receiver situation and a piece he wrote this week up on sportsnot.com where you can read him. Mo is also the national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. So you can listen or watch him and his work there as well. So Mo, we're going to, we're going to, Mostradamus is going to come, come from the ethos down to the rest of us mere mortals and tell us what the Raiders are going to do about wide receiver. Yeah, I promise I won't go big time on you guys. I won't put my content <laughs> behind a paywall or anything. So it's out there for everyone. If you want to siphon it, if you want to take it and use it as your own, all good. <laughs> I'm not a, not a selfish guy. So feel free to just check out my columns and it's it's all good. Yeah. Uh, that. What do you mean? People take your work and then kind of repurpose? Nah. 
I don't think anyone Maybe. would do that and, and use it as their own. We're, no. we're all good people out here. We wouldn't do that, right? The the best for writers these days, Mo, and I know you've you've happened to this, and I write stuff up on sportsnot.com. Oh, by the way, for those of you watching on TV, I'm wearing my, my brand new Raider Ramble t-shirt. If you haven't visited RaiderRamble.com, good friend of ours, Mario Tovar, who also now, Mo, is a colleague of ours at Sportsnot, because Sportsnot is growing faster than uh, the crisis in the Ukraine. Um, and I don't mean to make light of that, but I'm just saying. Uh, and so I'm wearing my Raider Ramble, so shout out to Mario. But um, I, I've seen that. We've all had that happen to us where you write something and then somebody takes it and turns it into like a, I don't know, like a false rumor or turns it into another piece about, hey, you know what we're thinking over here at ABC website is they should go after Brandon Cooks. Hmm. <laughs> You know, I was going to tweet yesterday. I was going to say I tweet for the people who don't want to have opinions of their own. So, you know, if if you're scared to have an, a, an independent opinion, <laughs> I'm your guy. You know, I, I can t- I can kind of ghost write, ghost tweet for you. And it's all good. I, I won't I won't take any umbrage with it. No, that's right. Uh, but Mo, we're gonna we're gonna get into this first debate coming up here in just a second. Where we're gonna talk about Josh Jacobs, and I want to get into that. But but I think let's let's lay out first a little bit about where where Josh Jacobs is at this point. You go back, and I'm 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 looking off to my side here because I'm bringing up my contract stuff. Of course, when when the Raiders signed Josh Jacobs as their draft pick, their first round draft pick out of Alabama, they signed him to an $11 million deal, right? Uh, And you look at what he's going to be able to, or what he's going to cost the team, very, very inexpensive. I think it's $2 million uh, for the 2022 season. Um, The Raiders have to make a decision on him on whether or not they're going to uh, uh, exercise that fifth-year option. Now, Mo. Everybody knows the talent that Josh Jacobs is. There's no questioning his talent. The The problem with him during his first uh, three seasons has been the ability to stay on the field. The Raiders were so concerned with it that, again, he was injured this past season, and they cut back on the number of carries to keep him fresh, to keep him on the field. That's not optimal. When you look at Josh Jacobs, from your opinion, uh, and you you diagnose his upside versus his downside, um, what's your what's your initial thought? And we talked about this several weeks ago, but I want to I want to get it again. What's your initial thought on if you're the Raiders and you're now Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, the new the new leadership in the Raiders organization? Um, where are you with Josh Jacobs as far as do you exercise that option? And then number two, are you thinking maybe you commit to him longer? I definitely would exercise the fifth year option, and I say definitely because I believe the Raiders need him for balance. Because if you do, if and I know that he had he would have one more year if you don't exercise, he still has that fourth year. But I think he could be a fifteen carry guy get 20 touches a game because if you look at his numbers back to back years over a thousand yards uh not over a thousand this past year but his uh first and second year over a thousand yards rushing he improved every year as a receiver i believe he had 54 catches this past season so he's Mm -hmm. a complete back the only question as you just mentioned is can he stay healthy through a complete season it's shown that he gets two he gets nicked up a lot during the season so you're gonna have to have a solid number two back, and that's what the Raiders tried to get out of Kenyon Drake. Unfortunately, I believe he fractured his ankle, didn't finish the season. 
But with Jacobs, I, I believe he could be your lead back. You just need a, a decent number two. You don't need a you don't need a one B type of running back. Just a, a solid number two could step in just in case Jacobs misses one or two games here and there, misses a down here or there. Somebody to fill in those gaps, spell up. Yeah, and and we talked about it during the season, Mo, and I want to revisit that conversation about Josh Jacobs. And and I agree with everything you said. I mean, there's no questioning he can be at times, uh, number one back and one of the top in the NFL. In fact, our good friend Marcus Mosier, uh, an NFL writer, uh, pegged Jacobs as, as number 14 in his top 50 running backs. Um, but you look at the, the concerns with durability, and you brought it up to me on a show during the season this year where you said, remember, this is a guy the Raiders drafted to be their bell cow, but in college he did not get that many snaps. Now, at, they positioned that during the draft and Gruden and Mayock and, and when they drafted him to say, well, that's great because he has, he doesn't have a lot of tread off the tires, right? But but on the flip side of that was he didn't show the durability, so you didn't really know what you're getting. So now we've seen it. So then you have to think to yourself, exercise the fifth-year option, and, and I'm actually in agreement with that because next year, as I finally brought the contract numbers up here, by the way, um, he's going to cost – he's a dead cap hit of about about $3.8 million, um, and it's, it's about $2 million in cash that, that Josh Jacobs will get next year, two million one twenty-two to be exact. Um, that's cheap, especially for a guy with that talent. So you kind of make it a contract year, and you say, okay, listen, you need to stay healthy, and whatever that takes. And, and with some players, they just can't do it. But if that means extra weight room, if that means extra uh, conditioning, whatever it may mean, you got to take take the cheap running back. If Kenyon Drake can come back, I think both those guys come back. Um, but when you look at Josh Jacobs. From a long-term perspective, there's people out there, Mo, who believe that the Raiders should commit to him long-term. There's no, to me, there's no reason or upside to doing that other than if he goes out next year and and, and runs for 2,000 yards and 23 touchdowns, okay, then then you're going to have to pay more than you would have had you paid this year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say invest in him long-term right now. I just want to, I just wrote down the five names of the five running backs who averaged the most money as AAV annual average value. Uh, over over the years. So these are the top five running backs annually. Christian McCaffrey just signed an extension mm-hmm. recently. Has played 10 games in the last two years. Ezekiel Elliott, a lot of people are saying Tony Pollard is now the better running back in Dallas. His yards, his rushing yards per, per game has dropped every season he's been in the league. He, he's down to 58.9 in this past season, 2021. That's his career low. Alvin Kamara got in trouble in Vegas before the Pro Bowl. Just signed an extension. Dalvin Cook has missed eight games since 2019. Hasn't played a full NFL season. Derrick Henry just missed nine games this past season. Returned for the playoff game against the Bengals. Lost average 3.1 yards per carry in that game. Those are your top five running backs in terms of annual value. So you're saying, okay, pay your running back, pay your running back. But history shows you that with the exclusion of Alvin Kamara because his situation is different, these guys, they play a physical position. They get hurt. So technically, you're going to need a number two back anyway. Why would you pay top dollar amount for a running back? It's the most disposable position on your roster. No, no question. And and Mo, well, let me ask you this too, because I, I we had this question. We asked for some questions on Twitter. By the way, what a week on Twitter! Uh, just craziness. People need to just chill. Um, but but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, we had a question there. It was about about Josh McDaniel's offense. And I'm going to adapt that question to the discussion we're having right now uh, here on Silver and Black tonight, which is if you look at the offense and what we know from Josh McDaniel's offense in New England, and you look at the focus on the running back and what they do, um, 
in some ways, I believe that actually helps the case for Josh Jacobs because you're not looking for that power back as much as you do in some of the other offensive uh, sets that you see around the NFL. Talk a little bit about the role of running back in Josh McDaniel's offense and how Josh Jacobs and a Kenyon Drake might fit into that. Right. So with Josh McDaniels over the past, I would say five, six years, number one, he hasn't had a running back over a thousand yards since LeGarrette Blount in 2016. He had wow. 1,161 yards, 18 touchdowns, but that team was third most in total carries. So they relied a lot on a run. I believe Brady missed four games because of a suspension. It might've been the plate gate that year. Could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, <laughs> um, Damian Harris and, Le- and Ramondre Stevenson were the two backs this past season. It was Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle in 2020. It was Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White in 2019. It was Sonny Michelle and James White in 2018. Deion Lewis and Mike Gillisley in 2017. You notice a pattern there. Mm-hmm. He usually has a featured back, maybe not going over 1,000 yards, but a featured guy who gets most of the carries, I would say anywhere from 13 to 15 carries per game. And then he usually, as I just said, has a number two back who can fill in the gaps. So I think this is where you fit it into, you know, the Raiders uh, situation with their running backs. You have Josh Jacobs be your lead back getting 14 to 16 carries per game. He'll get a couple of targets, not a couple, but maybe three or four targets per game in a, in a short receiving game, screen game. And then you have a number two. Now, will that be Kenyon Drake? I, I think because of his dead cap, it could be Kenyon Drake. But I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk that Kenyon Drake is back because if they let him go, they only save two point seven five million, which is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. But if you can get a running back for under a hundred, mm-hmm. for under a million dollars, to do the same thing that you would have got Kenyon Drake to do, I think they might consider it, even though they'll have to eat five point five million in dead cap. The really quick, the ideal scenario is 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 if you can trade Kenyon Drake and you'll be out of his contract, which I don't think is going to happen because no one's going to pay what eight point two million. Eight point two, yeah, yeah. So it's not well, and Mo, if you, we look at that situation, so you're right, and there's going to be a lot of guys on the market that they could pick up of, of similar caliber, I think. But then there's also the draft. If you look at the draft class and you look at running backs, you can usually get some good serviceable running backs to do, that you're talking about here that could be a second back um, for the Raiders behind a Josh Jacobs. Uh, anyone stick out for you uh, amongst the youngsters coming out of college this year that you could see the Raiders maybe get later in the draft? There's a guy I've been talking about a lot on Twitter, Damian Pierce. Uh, not really. I mean, he didn't have. It was kind of. He's kind of like a, a a Jacobs where he didn't have a bunch of carries at Florida, but he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. They can catch out of the backfield. Mm. He had a good showing at the Senior Bowl at the beginning of the month. Caught a pass, had some good runs. I, I think, in the, and if he falls to the fourth round or if he's at the end of the third round, I, I would look at him. As far as free agency is concerned, I know a lot of people would prefer a younger back, as you as you just suggested. But Giovanni Bernard, if he's available for a cheap price, I would go and get him because McDaniel's in his offense. He usually likes a, a really good pass catching back, and yes. over the past years, that's been James White or Deion Lewis. Correct, and that, that's what I was going to say to you was that's if I'm looking for a veteran. Uh, I mean, with a rookie, it's a little bit more of a development issue unless somebody's just really stellar as a pass catcher. But there's there's guys who make their career off being that back, right? And the Raiders have had several of those over the last several years, too. Um, and now if they're looking for somebody to up that game a little bit, especially with we know, I mean, people... I'm going to tell people who don't like Derek Carr right now, if you you, you, you hate the checkdowns, if you watch the Patriots offense, 
get ready for checkdowns, baby. Yeah. Get ready for passes out of the back. Now, I love the swing passes that the Patriots use so often out of the backfield as well that you're talking about. So if, if we're looking at running backs there, then certainly you have to look at veterans that are going to be on the market that fit that bill. Um, but when you look at the Josh Jacobs, just to kind of start as we, as we have a few minutes left here, uh, Mo, in this segment, when we talk about Josh Jacobs, back to him. I'm going to assume he's back in 2022 without a doubt um, and and that they exercise uh, that option. Um, now, if we look at what he can do, what is it about Josh Jacobs, do you believe, that has given him the most trouble to stay on the field? Is it his style? Is it just his size, his frame, his 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 past of not being kind of that pounding running back because he seems to get stronger as the game goes on, but yet now the Raiders are limiting his carries so that he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I think it's just some guys just get hurt. And like I said, running yeah. back is, is arguably the most physical position on you know on the field. So if he, his run style just is not conducive to longevity because. He's not afraid to take hits and he'll get the extra yardage. He'll push through contact and that all of that is great. But if you can't stay healthy, then you you want a guy who's going to make guys miss versus guys who's just going to absorb contact and try to push extra yardage. But you want that heart in your running back and you want that quality in him. But as the Raiders will probably do, they'll just probably lessen his workload so that he can play through a full season. I'm going to I'm going to make the case right now that he needs to call you. And he needs to get on the avocado smoothie diet. If he got on the avocado smoothie diet from one Mr. Maurice Moten, he might get a little healthier. I'm, I'm just saying. And maybe if he stayed off Instagram a little more, he would, <laughs> oh my God. He wouldn't get, get, get hurt. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Scott, go Branson. Oh, I told you. You get called me old lawn. last week. Poof. <laughs> Poof. All right. Um, yeah, so so that's it. I'm, and I think the Raiders, you know, they, they have lots of other issues. And we're going to address, by the way, we're started, we started with Josh Jacobs. We're going to talk about wide receiver here in a minute, which won't be the first or the last time. Or should, it will be the first time, but not the last time, excuse me. Uh, but but as we move along during this offseason here on the show, Mo and I are going to go through some of these positions, especially those that are of need. Now, I know running back wasn't a big need so per se, like some of the other positions on the team, but I do believe that was a good place to start. And when we come back from the break, what we're going to do is we're going to break down wide receiver. We're going to talk about Mo's piece this week where he he gave us a name of a guy he says is part of the answer, at least one of the answers as we look at that issue for the Raiders when it comes to wide receiver uh, and, and what they lost last year. And it's become an issue with Brian Edwards not panning out like they thought he would all of that stuff. So we're going to address that when we come back from the break um, and talk about that. But Mo, I have to tell you too, when you look at the running back position um, and you look at the Kenyon Drake situation and you talked about his contract with about the minute we have left here, um, his injury, that ankle, thats it was a higher ankle injury. That's tough to come back. I don't know that he'll be ready for the beginning of the season either. And that's why I brought up the issue that I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to be back. And again, I know they'll be caught with 5.5 million in dead money. Yeah. But I, I think if they can get a cheaper option and still save 2.75 million, which is not a lot in the grand scheme, but I think if they feel like they can save, I think they will. So it, it all depends. But I think even if he is back, you draft the running back in, on day three because he's going to be the next guy up after Kenyon Drake's contract expires. Yes. Well, but they got to draft the quarterback first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, you you We're, just lit up Twitter. You just lit up the live I'm not, chat. I'm not mentioning the name today. I'm just not. We're not doing it on this show. We're not Before. talking. 
Yeah, yeah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you see that that tweet? I guess it was in New York. Some guy was injecting his own blood into food or something, and he's wearing a Derek Carr jersey. Derek Carr, I saw that. I... I'm like, this poor guy does nothing to do with this. I mean, he's an NFL player, but it was it was pretty funny. It was a, a moment of levity around that subject on Twitter this week, which was really fun. Uh, but oh well, let's go. But the good. I know, I know, Well, because you're there. Uh, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside here on uh, Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. When Mo and I come back on the other side of the break, we're going to switch gears into high gear, right? Because that's what the Raiders need. They see, need that deep threat. They need some wide receiver help. Mo Stradamus, if you don't know who that is, that's the, the future-telling version of Mo. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Mo Stradamus about what answers the Raiders could find at wide receiver. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight, only here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Now back to Scott and Mo on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Silver and Black tonight. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you as we bring the show to the end here in another 20 minutes or so. So we welcome you back to talk Raiders football on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello to everybody on YouTube and Facebook who are watching the video. Thanks for being with us. Don't forget, subscribe. Visit the website, silverandblacktonight.com. Make sure you read Mo on everything NFL up on Bleacher Report. He also writes his Raiders-specific content up on Sportsnot. So make sure you do that as well. We're going to switch gears now. We talked in the first segment about the running back. We talked about Josh Jacobs. You can see over my shoulder here if you're watching on video this cool board i don't know who this artist is but they're pretty good anyway so um <laughs> we talked about josh jacobs we talked about running back now we're going to switch gears talk about wide receiver we all know what happened last year unfortunately with the henry ruggs tragedy and the situation there losing that draft pick and their speed demon down uh the sideline uh, they went out, got Deshaun Jackson with mixed results, not really what they wanted. Brian Edwards continued to be inconsistent. Zay Jones had his moments, but he's not a number one or a number two wide receiver. So, Mo, when we think about the Raiders and their needs at wide receiver, you came up with a name that I liked. And before all of these other websites started saying, hey, Mo's got a point, let's write a story about it, um, you talked about Brandon Cook. So we're now talking to Mo Stradamus, so we get the crystal ball going. I'm going to get a crystal ball there for you. Uh, in New York so that we can we can have you kind of rub it when you do these segments. Um, 
But but seriously, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, the Houston Texans, of course, we know the, the background, uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams, his years there. Talk about Cooks, his positives, why you think he would be a good answer, someone that the Raiders could go out and grab and instantly fill that need at wide receiver. Well, beyond the obvious, everyone knows that Brandon Cooks played for the Patriots while Josh McDaniels was there. I believe it was mm-hmm. 2000, the 2017 season. Uh, but if you look at his resume, he's he's a very underrated. And I just saw someone yesterday say, well, he's not a number one, so the Raiders shouldn't go after him. And it's not about having a number one because yes. how many times have, have the Patriots had a number one wide receiver under Josh McDaniels? Like you, Most of the time, it's been Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, who's basically a, one of the best slot receivers I've seen in my lifetime. But anyway, with, with Brandon Cooks, obviously, you know, he's, he has the Patriots ties. But if you look at his resume, Gone over 1,000 yards with four different teams, with New Orleans, who, who drafted him, yep. went to New England for one year, was in with the Rams, had Jared Goff, went over 1,000 yards with Jared Goff, can you believe that? <laughs> then went to Houston. Houston acquired him with Bill O'Brien acquired him. Went over 1,000 yards with Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills, who's a rookie, as his quarterback. So this guy has shown wherever he goes, he fits in and he produces. To me, that's a guy I want on my football team. Now, some people have brought up he gets nicked up, and he has kind of the Josh Jacobs effect where he doesn't miss a lot of games, but he gets hurt. And I believe he has five known – he's suffered five known concussions in his first six seasons. So that's something to worry about. But what I will say is for the price that the Rays would have to pay to acquire him, I would kick the tires on him because – the Houston Texans would have to still pay him $7.5 million in dead cap even if they trade him. So that means the Raiders will have to take on the remaining $8.7 million per over the cap. So for $8.7 million for a wide receiver who can get you over 1,000 yards and be a lead wide receiver, not necessarily a dominant number one, right. but can get you 1,200 yards with a Derek Carr, I would take a chance with him and acquire for probably a fourth-round pick. That's probably what it would cost the Raiders. And, and, and Mo, the thing the thing about Brandon Cook is, and, and and for those of you watching on video, we have some highlights running of him. Is is not to your point? You know, he's if people don't want to call him a true number one, I would argue that that in the NFL, really, and with the exception of a few guys, I mean, there isn't a number one anymore. The way the offenses are and the way they spread the ball around, um, that's not it. You find role guys who fit certain schemes, who fit certain play calls, and those are the guys that go out and do it. You have Hunter Renfro in the slot, but I what I like about Cooks is his hands. I mean, yeah, is he the fastest wide receiver out there? No, but Mo, this guy has sure hands, and to me, he can he can he can hit the speed a little bit, so he's going to give you that vertical vertical game. Uh, but man, you get the ball to him in the vicinity, and he's going to bring it in. Right, and that's the other thing you just mentioned with Derek Carr in the last segment, in the first segment, was there are going to be a lot of short passes in the Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. offense, and he can he can take a pass that's a short routine five-yard catch and he could turn that into 15 20 yards because he does he still has some burners he's he's not quite 30 yet but he's 28 29 years old still has the speed on him he could still stretch the field in that way but he's he's versatile in a way you can get him on the short passes and you can throw throw to him 15 20 yards down the field now now mr mostradamus um is 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 he the guy i mean Obviously, would fit well, I think, in that offense. To your point, and and Derek Carr would would use him effectively, I believe. Uh, is but is that the guy? Is that the number one guy in your book per your per your column that you would go after if you're the Raiders? Because there's another guy you talk a lot about, 
uh, that that everybody is now this week is suddenly uh, on the bandwagon as well, which is Allen Robinson uh, the second, of course, from the Bears, uh, who a lot of the folks on the Raiders, uh, the, the the in Raider Nation wanted to go out and get before uh, between an Allen Robinson the second and Brandon Cooks. Uh, who fits better? What are their similarities? What kind of sets one above the other? I would prefer Allen Robinson only because you don't have to give up draft capital for him. Right. He's got to pay him whatever he, whatever, you know, whatever the market says or not whatever he's going to get. Now he's coming off of a down year because he was with Andy Dalton and he's with um, Justin Fields, who's a rookie. So he didn't have a lot of production, didn't have a lot of targets that last year. So get him at an affordable price. Now, Cooks probably fits the offense a lot better than Allen Robinson because, as I said, he has the experience with Josh McDaniels. He has more of the speed that you want because with the Raiders wide receiver core, you have Hunter Renfro, who's not overly athletic. He he does bring in the football. You have Brian Edwards, who you're not sure about. The Raiders need some speed, so I think Brandon Cooks is a great fit in that sense. But Allen Robinson is a bigger wide receiver, I believe about 6'2", 220. But he's a reliable wide receiver. And a lot of people say, well, his numbers say he, he's inconsistent. If you pull up pro football reference, his numbers are up and down. And this is why I say you got to look at the context. His quarterbacks were Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields, <laughs> who I just mentioned. And he still went over 1147 in yards in three of those seasons. Led the NFL yeah. in touchdowns in 2015, I believe. So if he has, just think, if he has a Derek Carr, if he has a capable starting caliber uh, quarterback, He's going to get you maybe 1,300 yards if he's the go-to guy. So I would prefer Allen Robinson over Brandon Cooks, who, again, has that has that concussion history. So if he gets hurt, you're a little nervous about him. Yeah, I agree. And that's the, that's the unfortunate part. I, I, I've seen some discussion even amongst analysts who cover the NFL about whether Allen Robinson is still the same person or same receiver that he was. I argue he is, to your point about that, that ridiculous – dysfunction they've had in the Bears organization and at quarterback uh, just didn't benefit him. I mean, he's, he's lost there because there's nobody to get him the ball. So I understand. There's some other uh, free agents that I want to run by you too, Moe, as we talk about wide receivers for the Raiders. Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. We're talking different money there. But any of the two of those guys fit in well with what you think Josh McDaniels is going to do in Las Vegas? I think Chris Godwin would be the better fit. Mike Williams... I'm still not too impressed with his route running and his efficiency. Mm-hmm. He has one season with a catch rate above 59%. He only has one season with more than 49 catches. So you're talking about, in aside from this past season with Justin Herbert, he's getting about three catches per game in the other years. Yeah. So that's not a guy I would pay big money to, especially coming off the free, free agent market. If you're going to pay a guy, it wouldn't be Mike Williams because he's probably going to get a lot of money uh, hitting, hitting the market. I would say Chris Godwin, but... The only thing with Chris Godwin is he tore his ACL in late December. So I would prefer him on a long-term deal because he has time to recover. If you're going to get him on a one, two-year deal, I'm not too fond of that because he may not be the same player as first year back. Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree with you on on Godwin. Um, I, I just think, though, I liked your Cooks thing. I had not thought much about Cooks until you wrote about him. Um, and, and, and certainly, I think that's a great fit. And you look at, again, his sure-handedness is what I love about him. But yeah, Allen Robinson... Chris Godwin, to me, from a free agent standpoint, would be the guys that that I would go after was out of the Raiders. Now, that doesn't mean they'll win out. There's other teams who have the need as well. They're gonna their their price may drive up depending on what happens. Now we look at rookies. Scott, yeah, go ahead. Scott, really quick yeah. though, one name I want to mention really quick. DJ Chark, your name that Oh yes. Know, Good point. A lot of people should should 
to circle his name. He had a Pro Bowl year in 2019 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 73 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. He's 6'3", about 200 pounds. He's he's more lean, but he has a lot of speed and he can get vertical. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and 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 he's a guy that a lot of people have been very excited about. But again, Jacksonville. Now they they were excited. Lawrence got down there, and of course. You had Urban Meyer and that mess, and it just never worked out. So sort of a, a lost year of development for Trevor Lawrence, uh, who had his moments, so don't get me wrong. But we look at the draft, we look at young guys. Of course, uh, a guy that a lot of Raider fans have been talking about, a lot of folks think he's a good fit, and that's Traylon Burks from Arkansas. A guy I really like is Chris Olave from Ohio State, right up the road from me here in Columbus uh, at Ohio State. Uh, those two guys now Olave is a shorter guy; he's only six one. But you look at Burke, six three, two twenty five, and then the third guy I'll bring up to, to you, Mo, and you can give me the comment on all three of these is Drake London from USC, six five, two ten. Wow, big guy! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I I actually like. All of those names, but there's, and I'll break them down really quick. Traylon Burks, a lot of, and I thought this was an interesting comparison. Somebody compared him to Cordero Patterson, mm. a Falcons version of Cordero Patterson, where you can throw the ball to him and he can also take some carries. I believe he had 38 uh, rush attempts, 222 yards, and a touchdown at Arkansas. So he has some versatility, average 16 yards per catch all three of his terms at Arkansas. The only thing with him is, He's more upside than polished because he has to refine mm. his route running specifically on the shorter routes. As, I, as we've mentioned multiple times, that's a big thing with Carr. you got to be able to catch the short passes. If you can't yeah. do that, you're going to have mm. a problem, especially in Josh McDaniels' offense. Chris Olave is a guy I think fits most with what Josh McDaniels wants to do because when I think of Chris Olave, I think polished route runner, smart, knows how to find holes in his own defense, and I think that's what Josh McDaniels would want. The only question about him is can he consistently beat press man coverage because, as you said, he's a little bit slight, a little bit lean, but he is a touchdown machine, 32 touchdowns over the last three seasons. I think he's, I think he's, he compares close to Brandon Cooks, maybe not as, as fast when Brandon Cooks was coming into the league, but smart, again, knows how to find the holes in the defense. Drake London, to me, he's a mix of Michael Pittman Jr., who also went to USC, by the way, mm-hmm. and Mike Williams. Big guy, people are wondering, is he, can he be, you know, an outside receiver, is he more of a big slot? He could do both because he has experience at both the USC. Fractured his ankle in October, but he should be fine. If you're worried about Brian Edwards, I think Drake London would be a fine pick. People are a little worried about because wide receivers that size usually don't amount to a lot in the NFL. I know you got some big, big physical wide receivers, but 6'5", this is on the tall side. But, he compared, again, he compares closer to Michael Pittman Jr., but he's a little more versatile because, again, he can line instant, he can line up outside, and he can line up inside in the slot. Well, when you look at again, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, we we got a few weeks before we really get heavy into the draft here on Silver and Black tonight and what the Raiders may do, uh, and we'll have some guests on to talk about that. But you look at Burks, you look at Olave. These are these are first round guys, right? I mean, for the Raiders to grab them, they're gonna have to use that twenty second pick to do that, and that's uh, weighing in the fact that they need offensive line help and there's other needs there. Um, if 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 one of those guys is there in the first round. Uh, with knowing the Raiders' needs, are both of those guys good enough, Mo, that you would take them in the first round? Because uh, they won't be they won't be there if they don't. The two guys that I would take if they're there, definitely Olave, because I think he I think he's actually pro ready too. Yes, I think I agree. between the polish and his route running, I think he's ready to contribute right away despite his size. As I mentioned, Shaylon Burks is that's more of a projection pick you're hoping that he becomes better than what he is right now because again he has to refine a lot of his technical skills 
So if you're picking him at 22, you're hoping that the growth comes quickly. Drake London, I would take also because I think he could contribute right away. The only thing with, with Drake London, again, as I said, is, you know, is is he more of an outside guy? Is he more of a slack guy? Because, you know, you got Hunter Renfro there and you want that right. you want that mix. You want them to mesh. But Chris Olave is, to me, would be the number one pick there at 22. If he's there, I think you have to pick him unless you really like an offensive tackle. Who could, who could be your starting right tackle for the season. Yeah, and we'll go, like I said, we'll go through that in the coming weeks because I think we do need to weigh kind of that draft class, right, of offensive linemen, knowing the Raiders need a lot of help there, and that's a priority, along with, by the way, defensive backfield. People are forgetting about that again. The Raiders need help in the defensive backfield, and they're going to have to do, do a mix of young players and free agents again. I actually think cornerback is at play yes. at 22. A lot of people are not talking about this. And I tweeted yeah. this, that there's not enough talk about cornerback. I don't think Casey Hayward is back. So mm. if you don't have Casey Hayward, you're not going to start a Meek Robinson. He struggled when he got his spot start duty there. Yeah. You, you know, you, who do you have there? A lot of guys are coming off the books and you're not going to have an in-house replacement for Casey Hayward. No, and I think people are are just a, a little shotgun shy because of the Damon Arnett pick. And look, we still don't know about John Abram, right? We don't know what's going to happen with him and if he's going to make it. I, I know he made he made progress this year before getting hurt towards the end of the season, but you still he's not he is nowhere near what they thought he would be. And that's not that's not criticizing the guy over overly. It's just it just is true. Okay, so I think that that the Raiders. That's the tough part. It's 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 a mixed bag, Mo. Right, because the Raiders are going to have opportunities, and and Dave Ziegler is going to have a quick opportunity to put his fingerprint all over this team uh, in a, in a rapid fashion. But their needs are are so specific and widespread, even though they're a very competitive team, that you're going to have to weigh that. And this draft is a little weird. I mean, in some ways, it's great that there's not that many great quarterbacks because you're not going to be tempted to go that direction early on. Uh, but the Raiders are going to have to weigh the need uh, to protect their quarterback, especially if they do sign, with, which both of us believe will be an extension for Derek Carr. You got to protect your quarterback. Uh, you saw the Bengals get to the Super Bowl and lose because they couldn't do that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do there. But there's 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 a lot of competing needs here, and where the Raiders start will be very very interesting. And of course, free agency might dictate that. So let's say the Raiders sign a big time wide receiver. Chances are they're not going to draft a wide receiver at 22 because you got to then you'll have your big time wide receiver out of free agency. You'll have Hunter Renfro. Right. And we'll see what happens with Brian Edwards, but then also Darren Waller's out there getting a lot of targets. So you're not going to you're not going to use a premium pick on another wide receiver. So we'll see what free agency ha- what happens to free agency, and then that'll tell us what they're probably doing in the draft, especially in the first round. And Mo, the one thing I wanted to talk about too, we shift a little gears to the league in general. We saw this week the NFL, actually late last week, going into the weekend, talk about. The combine, which I know you're going to be busy uh, next week covering the heck out of. Um, and the combine, they were going to put all the players in a bubble. Uh, and and there was all these restrictions. Uh, then the NFLPA, which doesn't represent these kids yet, but will. Uh, and then all of the agents got together and protested. And the NFL changed gears on that. Talk a little bit about the combine. I mean, if you look at the combine, they've tried to make it now. And the reason they relented on it was not only the pressure, 
but because it's become a TV event now. The Combine used to be nothing. Nobody cared about the Combine except for scouts. Now it's become a TV event where they sell advertising just like everything else in the NFL, surprise. Um, but talking about that, what happened this week and, and why the sudden shift from the NFL, the NFL who had no cases of COVID throughout the entire playoffs <laughs> is suddenly going to put all these kids in a bubble in an already tough situation where they work the heck out of them anyway? Yeah, so basically the players wanted access to their full teams, their trainers, and every everybody around them. And the NFL is like, no, we want you to in a bubble, and there's limitations here, there's restrictions. And the NFL basically budged because they don't want to mess up their TV product. As you just said, I remember growing up, no one cared about the combine. No one talked about the combine. <laughs> no one talked about somebody's 20-yard shuttle and their broad jump and their vertical jump. And it's, as you said, it's become a TV event, and it's become a time where now we could talk about these these athletes just doing their best and basically a virtual job interview. But if you know the NFL and you know how things work, the most important thing isn't aren't these workouts that you see on TV. It's the medicals, it's what you don't hear about in these interviews because a lot of people go, why didn't they? Why didn't this team draft this player? And a lot of times it has to do with what happened in those interviews and those medical records. That those are the important things. What you see on TV is based. I don't want to say it's not important. But it's mostly for show. Well, and we'll get next week here on the show, Mo, we'll get some of these guys we talked about, like Traylon Burks, like Olave. We'll get some feedback from you on the Combine and see how that goes and, and how the Combine, some of the players that are kind of at least from from the the the, the personal, I should say the public perception on the Raiders' radar, we'll get their opinions or your opinion on them and get some because I know you'll be covering it heavily for, for Bleacher Report. Uh, but it should be interesting to see what happens with that and 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 how this continues too with with the with covid and all this stuff we seem to be coming out of it now uh and uh we'll see how it all impacts us but mo we're surprisingly already out of time i can't believe another friday has gone by uh and i certainly appreciate you hanging with me and and talking about raiders football there's nobody better folks if you're not reading mo make sure you do that up on bleacher report and up on sportsnot.com my friend we will talk again next week and you'll combine us from here to eternity (laughs) I <laughs> definitely will. Also, I have an article out, Raiders of uh, Free Agent Targets, that's out. If you if anyone out there listening wants to steal those those <laughs> ideas, it's out there on Sports Knot. You read me over there as well as Scott Branson, so check it out. A lot of good stuff there. That's all right. That's Mo Moten, the fifth best sports NFL writer in the United States. No, just kidding me. He's the best. Are you kidding me? He's awesome. Uh, But I appreciate it. Uh, Remember, too, that you follow us here uh, on Silver and Black tonight. Listen to us every Friday night. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to the show on the podcast feed in case you miss it on Friday nights. Also, check out silverandblacktonight.com. You can get all of the show archives there as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe and hit the notifications bell so you know when we're on here live talking on video. We certainly appreciate that. Follow Bo on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. We appreciate you guys being here. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Take care and have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.